If you care to read along, the scripture from Mark 5, 35 to 43 is printed in today's worship folder. Hear God's word. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that having heard and read the scriptures today and your word proclaimed, we will hear and receive with joy what you so dearly want to say to each of us. We pray in the name of the living word, Jesus Christ, amen. A man was not feeling very well, so he decided to go see the doctor. While he was waiting in the doctor's reception room, a nun came out of the doctor's office. She looked ashen, shocked, haggard. The man walked into the doctor's office and said to the doctor, I just saw a nun in your reception area. She looked absolutely terrible. I've never seen a woman look worse. The doctor said, I just told her she is pregnant. <laughs> and the man exclaimed, oh my, is she? The doctor said, no, but it sure cured her hiccups. A story, a story of Jairus and his daughter is not what you would call a, an ordinary story. It demonstrates great faith on the part of the religious leader. Jairus, who was a well-to-do member of the religious community. Jairus, who was a, a leader of a group that you could call the establishment religion of Jesus' day. But the establishment could not offer him a solution to his problem. Jesus could, in spite of their opposition. Did you catch that shocking detail in the reading that Kristen just shared? Uh, Jesus says, the child is not dead, but asleep. And in the following verse, we hear, 
But they laughed at him. The Son of God, the Savior of the world, the butt of a joke. I don't, I don't think that's what it means to laugh in the face of death. Jairus was desperate. His child was dying. And as those of you who are parents know all too well, the parent of a sick or a suffering child will do almost anything to save that child. Jairus was so desperate, he knelt at the feet of the one person that he thought could help him. Jesus. Some people believe that God should rid the world of sickness and death. Their idea has some merit. I'll give you that. Yet it quickly becomes problematic. You see, if God protected everyone who believed in him, then everyone would not believe in him out of love, but out of a, a calculated self-interest. People would believe only so God would take care of them and their families. Unfortunately, we would also have no freedom to believe or to disbelieve. We would be enslaved because of our fear of death, and that, I think, is not what God had in mind. Jairus had to lower himself when he came seeking healing for his daughter. He had to move beyond the rules and the expectations of the religious class. He had to move beyond the praises and promises and good intentions of the religious elite with whom he shared uh, time and money. He used his social status and power, however, to approach Jesus, but then he quickly emptied himself of all of that, coming in true humility and trusting faith. Notice that when Jesus brought the little girl back to life, he didn't fill her empty stomach. That's because God wants all of us to be a part of what God is doing, to collaborate with God in the work of his kingdom here on earth. So he, the, the people were told to go and get her something to eat. And then I would imagine her family and everyone gathered in the house would sit there and watch her enjoy every bite. Then there would be no doubt that, Ju that Jesus truly was omnipotent, great in mercy. Jesus came to raise the dead both the physically dead and the spiritually dead, when Jesus is on a mission, nothing can stop him. He did not allow the professional mourners and their laughter to stop him from showing God's healing power. The laughing mourners, I think, represent people who refuse to accept Jesus Christ and his wondrous gifts and prefer to mock. Only a select few were allowed to see Jesus bring the girl back to life. Jesus wanted the news kept secret. He knew that most of the people simply could not comprehend what had happened. He knew the miracle of the dead being brought back to life would only be understood by those who believed that he was the one sent by God who had the authority and the power to raise someone from the dead. Most of you have heard the old saying, 
that desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, I believe desperate times also call for desperate faith. A faith is meaningless in itself, but a faith in an all-powerful God, a God with whom we can trust our very lives, is something completely different. He comes with his healing power when no healing is possible. He enters our lives in our hopeless moments, and he brings us hope. Sometimes, not all the time, Jesus works the miracle of physical healing. And other times, he works the miracle of spiritual healing, healing from within. He may not always come when we want him to come, and he might not always answer our prayers the way we want him to answer our prayers, but we must always be faithful and know that Jesus wants to help us regardless of our situation. Faith is believing that God will do what is right for each and every one of us at the right time. Sometimes God does what is right by not doing anything right away or, or doing something other than what we want him to do. For instance, Jairus had to wait for his daughter's healing while Jesus healed this woman who was hemorrhaging in, in the passage just before ours for today. And as a result, his daughter's situation, you might say, went from bad to worse. We have to wait. And when we do, our faith can be shaken. We wonder if God loves us at all. We might wonder if we're worthy of God's love. We might wonder if we're using the right words to pray to God. Jairus might have had some of these same thoughts. And if he did, I would understand that. But Jesus did not give up on Jairus. And Jairus did not give up on Jesus you see, even when God answers our prayers not the way we want him to, we can still have faith that God loves us and answers our prayers in the way that is best for us and is in keeping with the will of God for us. Whatever our circumstances, God always urges us to have faith and not be afraid. Nothing is too small or too big for God. Jesus gave out of his abundant power to heal, and we have been called to give out of our abundance and carry out God's work in the world. He calls us to love one another as we have first been loved, to show compassion to those who are sick and suffering. Jesus met people where they were. Jesus loved them into life, full life, abundant life. His love is action. And if we are to imitate that same love, our love must produce action as well. Sometimes God interrupts our lives, and when he does, we can either adapt our approach or we can stubbornly stick to our own plans and turn our back on God. It's really up to us. The passage in Mark that we've read today shows 
the compassion of Jesus. He suffered with those who suffered, and I believe he still suffers with suffering people today. He served those who reached out to him at vulnerable times, and I believe he still serves those kind of people today. The example of his compassion and his servanthood gives us hope not only for today, Christian friends, but for the life to come. Something else that we learn from this story is that with God, all things are possible. When things are impossible from an earthly point of view, they are possible from God's point of view. When things are looking bleak, we can take comfort in the knowledge that God will be there to comfort us and give us strength, regardless of the challenges that we are facing. When we receive God's grace, we end up taking Jesus seriously. And then Jesus will change our tears into joy and our skepticism into amazement. And then we will be made whole. Gary Smith shared this true story in Reader's Digest a few years ago. Uh, I don't know, we've gotten Reader's Digest for decades. I th I, we talk about ending our subscription, but for some reason they keep sending it to us. I don't know why. But uh, he is a, an Air Force chaplain at Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and Gary Smith was rarely at home for dinner or evening time with his daughter, Amity. Uh, then he says, my next assignment was at the remote Gila Bend Air Force Academy, or auxiliary, rather, in Arizona. And we had lots and lots of family time. I watched with Amity every night as the desert sun set. Uh, a new girl, about my daughter's age, moved into the, uh, on, onto the base, and Amity told her, you will like it here in the desert. My daddy and I watched the sunset every evening. When we lived in Texas, there were no sunsets. Now, sharing sunsets with his daughter became a special memory for this chaplain. His daughter eventually learned from her daddy that God's promise given to us through the gospel is that there will be a time when there will be no more sunsets. As John's vision in Revelation 22 puts it, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Dr. George Carson uh, at First Presbyterian Church in Beaver Falls uh, told a group of us newly ordained pastors back in the mid-80s that our preaching responsibilities don't stop at the church door. They go beyond that. When we're called to conduct a funeral service, we have a unique opportunity to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead to those who gather. Whether at the funeral home or at graveside, Dr. Carson would say to the folks gathered, the only hope I have to offer to you is the hope that I have found in the resurrection of Jesus our Lord from the dead. All of us need those words today. To hear the words of Jesus, he spoke to Jairus. Don't be afraid. 
Just believe. The leader of the synagogue received news that his daughter was dead. It was heartbreaking because he was already on his way to see Jesus in hopes that he could heal his daughter. Now he believes all hope is lost. But Jesus says to him, don't be afraid, just believe. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A video recording of this service can be found on YouTube or Facebook by searching for Kenmar Church.